Luis Racamonte is the Director of Fitness and Wellness at the Ocean Reef Club. And as of today, May 1st, recording the chairman of the club, club Spa and Fitness Association. Congratulations. Um, he holds a BS in kinesiology from the University of Illinois, Chicago, and certifications from NSCA and NASM. He is a member of CMA and currently serves on the Education Committee of FIBOUSA. Thank you so much for being here with us today. We really appreciate it. And we're probably jealous that you, you probably have much nicer weather in, in Florida right now than we do. Uh, well, I mean, it is, uh, it is uh, uh, most days are hot and humid, but uh, they are bright and sunny. Uh, we're actually getting a nice, uh, a little bit of a cool front uh, yesterday, and uh, it seems like uh, today, this morning, so... Uh, you know, we, we love our Florida weather for sure. Awesome. <laughs> Definitely. Well, again, welcome to the podcast, Luis. We're very excited to have you here. Um, we want to start off the conversation by talking a little bit about your uh, professional journey. You know, how did you get to where you are now? Um, can you talk to a little, us a little bit about your journey from, you know, training as a fitness trainer to, you know, working at a club? Uh, sure. No, thank you. Uh, the uh, I think uh, the best uh, you know the, the uh, you know the best place to start you know is to uh, you know I owe a lot of where I am today to my uh, athletic career. You know I started as I started competing in swimming at age uh, you know five. You know by six and seven I was already doing international competitions. Uh, by eight I was uh, competing. Uh, well, I was uh, training at five in the morning three times. Uh, uh, three times a week. So from a very, very early age, uh, you know, I got used to, uh, you know, getting up early and doing a little bit extra and perhaps, uh, you know, sacrificing some, uh, you know, playtime or normal uh, things that kids my age were doing in order to pursue uh, greater, you know, greater things. I didn't like it at the beginning. And, uh, you know, my mom and uh, my dad helped me, uh, you know, kept, uh, you know, in, uh, in a line. But, but eventually uh, you get motivated and you get inspired and you begin to, you know, to like and appreciate the rewards that hard work brings you. Uh, so, um, you know, due to my career, I received a, a, an athletic scholarship to swim for the University of Illinois, you know, in Chicago. I was swimming with the Peruvian National Swim Team at that time. Uh, you know, it's a, you know, great times. And then uh, eventually I graduated with a degree in kinesiology and I began working as a personal trainer. Uh, I never really wanted to be in management. You know, I wanted to be sort of a super trainer. You know, I wanted to learn from everything. I've always had that mentality that uh, I want to learn from everyone and I want to know a little bit about, uh, you know, Pilates. I want to know about yoga. I want to know about everything, you know. So rather than close, you know, my mind and say, uh, well, I am very good at this and this is what uh, makes sense to me and everything else, uh, you know, can, you know, it's not as good as what I know. Uh, I really think that there is something that can be learned and something that I can use uh, from different areas. You know, sometimes not even fitness, not even wellness, you know, can fit into what I do. So eventually I had the opportunity to be, you know, a manager. You know, I was invited by the Ocean Reef Club. I was working already inside the club since 2010 in a club within the club. Uh, you know, Ocean Reef is quite large. Mm -hmm. And when we, uh, when the club bought the smaller club, we, uh, this, uh, you know, I was offered to uh, enter, you know, to become an Ocean Reef employee as an assistant manager. I did that for, you know, a couple of years uh, and eventually became, uh, you know, manager and now director. And what clicked for me is that I've always, uh, you know, from being an athlete, 
I transitioned into loving being a coach. Mm-hmm. And when I understood that being a manager and being a director uh, is in great part also being a coach is when I fell in love with management, uh, when I fell in love with uh, operating, uh, when everything just, just came together. And uh, now I absolutely you know, love what I do uh, because I get uh, the opportunity every day to work with uh, members and to work with my staff and to uh, enhance lives and to try to, you know, improve, uh, improve myself and improve everybody around me on a daily basis. I love that. I love what you said about um, being a coach is very similar to being a manager and, and what parts of that go hand in hand. I was also a collegiate athlete, so you're speaking my language. Um, I definitely understand <laughs> where you're coming from on that point, and that's, I think that's fantastic. Um, I think this transitions well into our next question. Um, you know, you're incoming, you're, you are now the new um, chairman for CSFA. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, the role of CSFA within the greater club industry? Where does, where do fitness and, and wellness and spa fit in, in the greater um, club niche, if you will? Well, I, I think that, um, you know, wellness and, uh, you know, fitness and spa, are, uh, you know, in, in wellness, you know, I will define as a combination of all the things that we traditionally, you know, did, you know, so traditional fitness and traditional spa services, you know, from uh, personal training to spa ha- are evolving into, um, you know, into a higher concept of trying to take care of uh, different aspects of people's lives, you know, so we look to not only improve, uh, uh, you know, what people, uh, you know, people's, uh, you know, strength and balance and the way they look, and, uh, you know, their skin, but also uh, to make them better emotionally, to enhance their uh, social connections, uh, to uh, improve the person holistically. So that's where, uh, you know, wellness is. And what happens when you are a wellness professional is that every single day you're thinking about how is it that I'm going to improve myself and how is it that I'm going to improve everybody around me? So what happens with that is that you connect with other people that think the same way and you have uh, a level of collaboration that, you know, in my, in my opinion, is, is, is pretty unique uh, because everyone is trying to uh, do as much as we can for someone else. So the CSFA is uh, the organization, the official organization board of us wellness professionals to network and connect and provide guidance to each other to share information, uh, to, uh, you know, let, let everybody else uh, in the profession know how uh, something that worked for us might work for them. So we exchange ideas, we connect other operators, we uh, uh, provide learning opportunities and uh, networking opportunities for, for everyone that is uh, interested in this, you know, in this community. The other thing that we do is we like to uh, enhance the influence of wellness within our communities, within our clubs. And the, um, the advantage of that is that, you know, if we, uh, what we sell is uh, personal growth in different levels. You know, so we sell physical personal growth. We sell emotional personal growth. Uh, we, um, um, we try to cover every aspect of a person's, you know, lives. So in essence, what we're trying to do is we're trying to improve the overall well-being, health, you know, fitness, um, you know, emotional, uh, you know, capacity, uh, you know, resilience 
of a community. Uh, so those are the two things that the CSFA does. You know, it provides a network for its members and uh, it creates, um, you know, a wave of influence to enhance wellness in each, you know, in, the com- in each community. Absolutely. I actually think that's a great um, segue into talking about our, our current state of events. Um, we're, you know, we're in this time of global pandemic, and I think wellness is at the forefront of a lot of people's minds, whether that's physical wellness or mental wellness or emotional wellness. It's being talked about a lot. Um, what role do you feel that club and fitness, you know, club fitness and spa operators um, have during this crisis and what should they be focusing on? As you know, you mentioned earlier before we were recording about doing Zoom classes with your members. I mean, obviously, that's something that's happening a lot across the board. We're seeing many of our, our members talking about that. Um, but what other things should should um, club fitness and spa folks be thinking about during the crisis? Well, the, uh, you know, number one is the connection, you know, connection with the staff and connection with, uh, you know, with the members. Uh, we, we definitely need to look at um, technology and look at opportunities that, uh, to enhance, uh, to, to keep us connected. You know, it could be as simple as, uh, you know, texting and calling and emailing, um, you know, staff and, you know, and members. So whatever it is that we can do, we should aim to stay connected uh, to our members and to our staff. So that's, that's number one. Zoom is a platform that a lot of people are using. Uh, I know that, uh, you know, different applications, different, different platforms, everything works because, uh, you know, what, what technology we use is optional, but what shouldn't be optional is that we should continue to engage and we should continue to communicate uh, with everyone. And for some of us, uh, in uh, very seasonal areas like Florida, where you know most of our uh, most of our membership uh, leave for the summer, we're sort of used to uh, creating that remote connection. But more now, more important than ever, it's essential that we stay uh, that we stay connected. The other thing too is is the strength of the uh, you know the strength of our, our network because uh, none of us have gone through this before. You know, there is no consultant that uh, we can uh, that we can call and say, well, you know, what what experience or what data do we have about reopening after a global pandemic or during a global pandemic? Uh, no one has that in the resume. So we're all across all different industries, across all different nations, are trying to figure it out what are uh, what are going to be the best practices. So communicating with other directors, communicating with other operators. Uh, engaging in uh, learning opportunities, webinars, podcasts, uh, looking at everything uh, that uh, that can be used as an idea, and trying to understand what of those, uh, you know, which one of those guidelines applies best to my operation. Because uh, we might not be, uh, you know, I, I don't think uh, I don't I wouldn't qualify myself as a fitness or a wellness a world expert. But I do feel that I am an expert in my own operation. You know, I, I've been at my club for, for several years, and I pay a lot of attention to everything that goes on, and I care a lot about my staff and my members. And just like me, there are hundreds of operators in that, uh, you know, in the same situation. So we're all experts in our own little niche. And what we should be doing is learning from everyone and trying to filter that information and translate it and apply it into our operations to see what works. And, la- and lastly, I mean, knowing that uh, since no one has ever, you know, has gone through this before, that our plans have to be agile, 
our plans have to be flexible and they have to be open. You know, so we might decide on day one that these are the, you know, 50 things that we're going to do. And by the end of the day, you know, some of those things might have changed because we realized that something else uh, could be done better. So, uh, you know, flexibility, agility, openness, uh, learning from everyone. And what we're doing all of this, you know, to remain calm and to remain positive because, uh, you know, life is still a very beautiful thing. Absolutely. And I love that. Um, I think, you know, you mentioned being flexible and agile um, as we move through, you know, what becomes our new normal. And I think that's that's a takeaway that probably everybody could apply because we're all learning as we go here. Right. You know, there's no roadmap for what operations will look like moving forward specifically. And there's going to be a little trial and error, I think. Um, as we go forward. Um, but that goes to this next question of, you know, how do you feel that COVID-19 is going to change um, the fitness space specifically? I mean, I think we've seen a lot in uh, some of the, you know, connect discussions. Uh, people are talking about ways in which they're going to be adjusting um, things in their fitness centers at their clubs, whether it's, you know, making sure there are only 10 people in the facility at a time or, unplugging every other piece of cardio equipment to encourage distancing. Um, those are small changes, but do you feel like there, there may be other more significant changes in the industry after this pandemic? Yeah. So, so if, let's say, you know, we fast forward to, uh, you know, to, you know, through phase one, which is, uh, you know, a lot of what you were describing, you know, limiting the, limiting the number of people, uh, limiting the, uh, the number of uh, touch points, uh, you know, equipment, uh, definitely improving, uh, you know, sanitation, you know, guidelines uh, going, uh, you know, above and beyond of what we can do to create a safe environment, you know, for, for everyone that comes in. Uh, but beyond all of that, uh, I, you know, I think this is going to make us appreciate two things. Uh, one, the importance of, uh, you know, wellness and a strong immune system and all the things that we can do to be as healthy and as strong as we can be uh, for situations like this. You know, we know that, um, you know, this, this virus has reported, um, you know, uh, unfortunately, you know, killing people all, all different uh, ages and, uh, and sometimes fitness is, is not, uh, it isn't, doesn't save you. Uh, but for the most part, uh, it is, uh, it has been, um, worse on those with uh, critical, you know, aspects and pre-existing conditions, and a lot of those pre-existing, condi- pre-existing conditions could be uh, are avoid, you know, can be avoided uh, mm-hmm. with a better, you know, with a lifetime of uh, wellness and you know, better diet and better, uh, better lifestyle. So there is a lot that we can do as a wellness, as a fitness community, uh, to uh, to push forward that message that we want to be the healthiest and strongest, fittest version that we can possibly be, uh, regardless of our age. And as a matter of fact, uh, the more we age, the more important it is that we stay fit, that we stay healthy, uh, that we pay attention to all the um, lifestyle changes that we need to make in order to, uh, you know, be in the best, you know, situation. I think, uh, you know, for most of our members, you know, understand the importance of being in a financial situation during a financial crisis. We also have to have, we also have to have, uh, want to be in the healthiest possible situation 
uh, during a health crisis. So wellness is going to be more relevant than ever before. Uh, for all, uh, for those of us in the private club industry, I think we have a slight, you know, advantage over, you know, commercial businesses uh, because uh, we have a lot of space for the amount of people we serve, and that is by design. Uh, we've always uh, had more, uh, you know, space per square foot, so it's going to be a little bit easier for us to customize uh, the experience to the new normal. And the, and lastly. The, the platforms and the technology and the connections, because it's two ways. Uh, one way is for the business, you know, the operators, the, you know, the trainers, the, you know, the, the spa uh, operators to push this technology. And the other aspect is for, for members, for clients to want to use the technology. Mm-hmm. And I think we're all uh, being forced right now to go out of our comfort zone and learn a little bit more about how to stay connected with the technologies that come about. I'm also a big believer in innovation and uh, creativity and invention. And, uh, you know, and I'm a, uh, I think positively. So I think that a lot of the opportunities that are going to come out of this for, for people that are, uh, you know, technology innovators and uh, medical innovators and sanitation innovators. Uh, so a lot of the solutions that uh, are going to push business into a new normal that is going to look more like the normal from before, mm-hmm. uh, probably we don't know about just yet. And we have to stay positive and believe that, you know, uh, those solutions will be, you know, provided for us. And uh, meanwhile, we're going to do our best to try to create the safest, uh, you know, possible environment, but also a very positive environment because, you know, gyms, uh, health clubs, uh, wellness center uh, should be beacons of positivity. You know, people should feel good about coming, good about being here, and uh, great when they leave. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's wonderful. Um, I think, you know, that's a that's a great reminder that this is, you know, a time of opportunity for people to be creative and, and innovative and think outside the box um, to come up with solutions that will, you know, help us. Um, you know, create spaces that are safe and that are welcoming and that are um, positive to be in, you know, after a time when, you know, we have a collective sense of anxiety about being, <laughs> being around other people. And that's a bummer. So it's, I think it's really cool that um, you do feel so optimistic and positive about um, where things are going moving forward. And I think that that's really important when you tie it into the larger conversation around wellness um, because physical wellness is very important, but I think like there's the mental and emotional components of that that go hand in hand as well. Um, and you have to look at the whole and that's really, really great. Thanks, Louise. Um, Melissa, do you have any additional questions? Uh, no, I just, I, I, I love your optimism and I, 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 I love that kind of concept of why we should be optimistic about the future and, and what's coming. And I think, um, you know, we've, Kyle and I've been um, grateful to have some very um, interesting conversations over the last month with our mini pods. Um, and, you know, that, that, that kind of optimism is, is really what we see across the space, whether we're talking to um, folks like yourself or we're talking to club management um, team members, you know, in the center of the crisis in New York, or whether we're talking to, you know, our vendors um, and companies working within the space. So I think that's just a great, I love that our industry has this shared optimism about what's to come and how to make this opportunity, um, you know, as a whole and getting through it together. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
Um, I would echo I that. that uh, you know, Go ahead, Luis. I was just saying that the optimism drives action. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I believe that, uh, you know, in, in, the, in the same situation, you know, if you feel pessimistic about the future, you're less likely to take action. Uh, if you are an optimist, if you feel that, uh, you know, there's a lot that we can do, then you're going to move more, you're going to think more, you're going to research more, you're going to talk to more people, you're going to spend more time trying to figure out solutions. Uh, so being, a, you know, having an, uh, an optimistic, uh, you know, perspective uh, to, you know, to the future is uh, going to generate uh, more action. I love that. I, I was going to say, I, both wrote that down just now. We did. We, <laughs> we both like we, we were both writing as you said that. <laughs> I think that might be the name of this episode. Just so you Correct. know. Uh, that was really good. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us and spending a few minutes with us this morning. It's been really great talking with you. I said this morning, it's afternoon for you guys. It's still morning for me. (laughs) Um, We really enjoyed chatting with you and um, we wish you the best of luck um, in your, you know, entering into your uh, chairmanship of CSFA. And I'm sure we'll be in touch a lot over the next few months. Um, but also we wish you the best of luck, um, you know, moving forward as things start to reopen and I hope things go well for you and the team at Ocean Reef. Kyle, uh, Melissa, you know, thank you so much for hosting me and, uh, you know, keep doing the amazing job you do. I have not missed a single episode since you started this podcast and I don't plan to uh, miss a single episode in the future. Oh, thank you so much. You're so <laughs>